You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 248th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim, we got a different vibe this morning. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing my A-game, though. I'm not going to lie. But I do need to start with some disappointment. Uh-oh. <laughs> let, me, let me hear it. Like, Bring- I, was pretty, I was pretty ready for... Um, you know, get the creative mojo running here in the uh-huh. morning and uh-huh. uh, wake up to see Team Sky release their temporary kit for the Tour de Romandy. Right. And man. It's just a gut punch, huh? Yeah. Like, I know it's temporary and they can say that all they want, but wow. I mean, it's... Wait, it's Welcome it's burned, to sponsorship, Ineos. Yeah. <laughs> it's burned in my brain, so I don't know if it's going to be temporary or not. Um, and that's... That's not the the thing I needed first thing in the morning here. Now, normally we we record in the in the evenings, and uh, this is a special uh, one off uh, morning episode for us. So you might hear a little more cheer, a little more you know pep in our step. But um, that really brought me down a peg. Yeah, this this brought me down. Now, a uh, friend of the podcast uh, um, and one of our UK correspondents, uh, uh, M- Michael, um, out there in the United Kingdom, was telling us. That, you know, the big debut was going to happen, obviously, at Yorkshire was mm-hmm. like when the plan was going to happen, the Tour de Yorkshire, which is also hosting the World Championships in September. But the the hubbub there, of course, is that there's going to be massive like protests on the side of the road, apparently. Right. Uh. You, because of the whole fracking and questionable business practices of Ineos and tax right, practices right. of living, you know, offshore. Now, I... I think that this is almost, I mean, well, not as bad of a travesty as fracking, but this is pretty bad. This kid is disgusting. <laughs> it's a, it, it is a travesty. Um, I, I guess I didn't know what the Inos logo looked like until I saw these, these kits this morning. And I mean, this is the temporary version that they've released today. And it's, you know, essentially this sky kit with team sky replaced with the Inos logo. And, you know how when you're trolling eBay and uh, and you see those pro team jerseys that are like ten dollars for some reason, brand new, ten dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the quality is certainly suspect. Uh, you know that the you can't zoom in too much on those pictures because they get too pixelated because that's how the actual jersey looks. Pinarello um, is spelled with one L. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is what this kit looks like. It looks like it might have fell off the truck. Well, that. It- Enos, Inos, whatever. I that is no the idea. ugliest logo of all time. It's extremely and bad. Yeah, it's like straight out of a Bond villain, like well, like uh, company it, name, yeah. right? It, <laughs> I think the um, the rule of thumb that I've heard from like graphic designers is you don't, you just don't want to use, ideally, more than one font. 
you know, but definitely not more than two fonts in your <laughs> in your advertisement. You know, if you're laying out something for for print, this logo, this name is five letters long, and I think it's got three fonts in there, as best I can tell. Yeah, this is it's incredible. We were warned by it, like I said. <laughs> Michael Stone hit us yeah. up and and let us know this was coming, oh, and I wasn't ready. Know, yeah, so, but. Spencer, I do have a little bit of reason to be excited. Okay, I need I need to pick me up. I I've had two cups of full schleck, and it, I, this kid has brought me down so far that yeah, it's not helping. I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit of a swerve. I know a lot of people look for us for our road bike expertise, but mm-hmm. man, was it a relief that I didn't have to watch Liège Bastogne and Liège live because I could watch um, UCI mountain bike downhill World Cup on Red Bull TV. Uh huh. And it was awesome. It was awesome. I caught the men's race. I was not up early enough here on in Eastern Standard Time. I know folks in California will say oh, that would be wonderful to be able to get up at 7 a.m. to watch it, but that wasn't going to be me on Sunday. Um, but I did catch the end of the men's race. Uh, how did the how the women's race go, Tim? Well, that's the one that I watched most of. Okay, right? perfect. Couple of things. Tawny Seagrave won. Wait, you didn't say yeah. Rachel Atherton. I know, and. I know that I was like, oh, I guarantee that, you know, Rachel, Rachel Atten was like less than a second behind Tawny Seagrave. Okay. But there's a lot to discuss here. One is Tawny Seagrave showed up with a new kit and it's all pink. It was like a, a Fox racing kit. Okay. Pink. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I'll have to look. It's a subtle pink. It's not like a hot, like a hot, hot pink. So I've not, I've not been known I've not known the mountain bike world to do things subtle, Tim. Are you sure? It's a, it's, it was very, it's a very <laughs> good kit. Okay. Right? All right. Let me, uh, now, let me Google this up. Clearly, I'm a fan of Rachel Atherton, who looks resplendent in the rainbow jersey, which is still hands down the best kit of all time if you just have a rainbow jersey anyway. And, uh, but anyways, the all pink kit from Tawny Seagrave, maybe it gave an extra second of speed. I, I'm i a fan of pink kits, as you know. Uh, this is not like random Tim here coming up with uh, this. But that race was pretty awesome. Third place was Tracy, Tracy Hanna, about two and a half seconds down. Um, the women's racing was awesome, as usual. They have... I like it because it's so hyper-competitive at the top. Mm-hmm. Not that the men's racing isn't, because that was that came down to even less of a margin of victory. But everybody should go check it out, RedBull.tv, um, the women's downhill racing. Um, they have 15 uh, runners, so like they kind of only show the, about the top seven or eight um, go. The rock garden at this course in Maribor, Slovenia, Ugh. was insane. It was brutal. I, I, the thing about downhill... Is is the racing is exciting. It's easy to understand, even if you don't know anything about mountain bike racing and never, never watched it before, as I had, uh, you know, two years ago or whatever, never really paid any attention. You just look at these features like this and you say, well, that's not rideable. It, is, it isn't rideable. And then you see the first few uh, runs go down and you're like, OK, wow, that's I am floored by that it's even rideable. And then when they get to the the top end of riders, the fastest riders, it's it's just jaw-dropping how fast they can ride things yeah. that just do not seem possible. So what Red Bull does that's really good is they do the track walks uh-huh. also, 
Right, so they had G. Atherton going down um, with uh, Claudio giving some uh, critiques, and they showed the rock garden and just the elevation change and where the lines were. Yeah. It was really cool to see. It, it's pure racing. Like, I can never do this. I'll never do this. Um, I, I would break so many bones if I ever tried this, but it's pure speed and awesomeness that everyone should watch it because the... Anyways, ton of fun. The men's race, I watched at night so i was kind of like sleeping in and out to be honest but luca uh, Lu- uh luich uh bruni yeah uh, take the one or took the win over yep. uh, danny hart and troy brosnan now that was fun to watch but there was a crash that Oof. happened that i i mean and then the i don't even remember who the rider was because i like i like woke up out of a stupor when i hear um the announcer just like, oh, he's down. And then you see the replay, and I'm like, how did you even get up and walk away from this and then still finish the run? Yeah. Is this the guy who face-planted himself into the roots? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was rugged. Uh, I was good. Um, the Red Bull TV coverage is super good. I saw something new. Now, you mentioned the track walk with uh, G. Atherton. I saw something new um, on the Red Bull channel that I hadn't, I don't remember from last year at all. Uh, that was extremely good. And I don't know if they're going to do it every week or not, but they had uh, kind of an inside the training day. Like I think it was the Thursday or, or Friday uh, when everyone's up there doing runs. Okay. Um, and it was uh, hosted by this guy, Elliot Jackson, who I was unfamiliar with. And he basically went and talked to all the athletes and then did a track walk of his own, but like kind of stopped at, at different sections where all the pros were like stopping and, and deciding what lines they were going to ride. Okay. And, uh, and would talk to them and be like, what are you thinking about? What are you looking at? Like, and really, really explaining some of this stuff. And it was really helpful. Like it was really cool. It was what I, as a, as a person who doesn't know much about downhill racing, it was exactly what I wanted to get from a, a behind the scenes look it was even better than just watching a first person footage of somebody going down the track and kind of hearing a commentary oh this is a rudy section no stay left like yeah. it was it was the pros themselves being like well i'm looking at this left line i'm looking at this right line and it might rain on sunday so i'm not sure blah 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 and these are what the things that i'm weighing right now it was cool it was really good hey, i'll um, definitely check that out i think it was called the chatter or something like that i i, I don't remember but okay. it was very good the um now we're still we got about a month till the next round up in Fort William, Scotland yeah. on June second. So plenty of time to check this out on Redbull.tv. But that was a lot of fun. And Spencer, I alluded to it when I uh first made the uh swerve onto Downhill Street. Yeah. And that was that I didn't watch Liege Bastone Liege live. Mm-hmm. I watched it through my Twitter feed. Because oh, yeah. to be honest, I was like, I'm kinda done. I watched Flesh Alone last Wednesday. <laughs> and then it was, I'm like, oh man, I need a little bit of a break before uh, yeah. the most important race in the world starts, Tour of California. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, Tour of California is an important race. I know you like to make fun of it. It's a fantastic race. We're going to argue about this later. But I had a realization. I did watch LBL uh, live the last, like, I don't know, 30 or 40K. Um, I didn't turn it on for a while. Like, I had the... I was ready to go. I had the opportunity to, but I was just like, I don't need to see anything but the end. Um, I thought Fletch Willone, like I've always overlooked 
that race as being like a midweek race and like whatever. Nobody cares about it. It's boring. And I've always kind of paid attention to Liège because it's a monument. I think I might yeah. be I think I might be wrong. I think Liège might be the most boring race on it, the World Tour calendar and certainly the most boring monument. That well, it's not the most boring race on the World Tour calendar because there was rain and it was exciting and full saying um put my heart through my throat when I watched the replays. Uh-huh. Even I knew his almost crash was going to like come up, but then when I saw it live, like I was like, "Oh my, how did he save that?" Yeah. So like that saved the race. But Flesh Wallone, Spencer is far more boring than uh <laughs> Liège. That race was horribly boring. Like basically I mean, that's all wait for the last time up the mirror and then right. Valverde swallows a bee to ruin his chances of victory. I mean, I was a little Come on. Let's not uh let's not parse the uh <laughs> Liège is at least a monument for a reason. Swallow, Swallows a bee might be the most creative excuse I've ever heard uh, for just being bad this season. Uh, that that Has doesn't he really been bad though. He's had a bunch of top tens. Like he's not. That I mean, bad. in in kind of the training races, sure, but like nothing important. He had a top ten at Catalonia. Come on, man. Do not start throwing shade <laughs> at Valverde. Because here's the thing. Is mm-hmm. that we don't have very many years left with Valverde, right? We got to embrace what what we're, he's bringing to us. We're literally at negative five or six right now. Like <laughs> she should have been gone a long time ago. Okay, I know he's been good all these years, and it's it's he's like a robot at this point. But like uh, I I think we are beyond uh, what what is needed for for us to s- sustain as a cycling society as far as Valverde is concerned. All right. Well, let's go to the men's race of Laf. Uh, flesh alone first okay right? so julian right. alaphilippe wins on the final climb up basically yeah. it was the most boring death a, march of all time it was a two-man hill climb time trial yeah yeah and then alaphilippe what do you know surprise beats jacob Fulsang for the victory these are the same two that uh if you listen to the um the crosshairs radio podcast i did with bill shiken yeah. uh they, they got they got some pretty hefty doses uh, slices of blame pie for letting um, Matthew Vanderpool win. Now, great win by Alaphilippe. Whatever. Full saying, great job, buddy. Michael Matthews in eighth, 16th place. Michael Kiwakowski. Lovely. Great to see. Um, Valverde in 11th place, just outside the top 10. But very slow, boring. You could have turned that race on in the last two kilometers and basically saw what was important about it. You know, it's funny uh, you say that is... Um I, I didn't catch that one live, so I, I watched the highlights, quote-unquote highlights, on uh, on NBC uh, Sports Gold. The highlights were literally from the bottom of the Muir <laughs> to the top, and that was yeah. it. So apparently nothing else happened in that race at all. So I, maybe maybe I can walk back uh, that Liege is the most boring, but... Um, well... <laughs> no, I'm not that's gonna some, you that's some damning okay. evidence right there. And then on the women's side, uh, we unfortunately were unable to watch the women's race live um, yeah. to the ASO's wisdom. So they gave us a highlights package. In it, you would have seen that Anna Vanderbregen won by a second over Annemiek Van Vluten and Annika Langveld in third place. So a um, Bowles Dolmans won three and Mitchelton Scott in second. Now, like I said, we don't have much to go on here mm-hmm. 
because unfortunately we weren't able to see the whole race no. uh, live. But Anna van der Breggen and Amik van Vluten give kind of a little bit of a taste of what's happening, of course, yesterday at the women's Liege, Bastogne Liege, which once again we weren't able to see. But Annemiek van Vluten takes the win, so she had a pretty good Ardennes uh, yeah. um, uh, session. Season, she, I guess. she did. She did. So and she she went long in this one, yeah. Yeah, she did, but he, she won by like over a minute and a half. But yeah. here's the thing. I mean, she. We'll, we'll need Abby, Mickey on. We need our our professional cyclist uh, to actually tell us where we are wrong. But I still think Anna Meek uh, Van Vluten is the best women's racer in the world right now. That could be. I, there's. I don't think it's. There might be some debate. But if I had to uh, put my internet reputation on betting, I would put on Annemiek Van Vluten. Yeah. So I can do that over at Roller Derby. Yeah, yeah you can. That's a, that's a good place to put your internet reputation on the line if you haven't already. I got to say, I want to give a special shout out quick uh, to Annika Leidenved, who's been having a fantastic road debut uh, as a mountain biker. Yeah. Didn't What's she just up? win over at like Sea Otter? Yeah, she she did, and she's crushing. She hasn't won anything on the road, uh, but she is right up there. Uh, top tens all over the place, top fives, top threes. Um, that's impressive to just walk in uh, to the top level of the sport and, and perform. Uh, we haven't seen this since Matthew Vanderpool. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, it was uh, only the third time that there's been a women's uh, Liège, best on Liège, so hopefully uh, we can see some increased coverage from AS- uh, ASO. Yeah. Um, Cecily Ludwig, um, another top 10. A, a good season for her as the classic seasons wind down. And then, Spencer, let's get right into it. Um, this is leading into a little bit of a lull in our kind of our excitement. I mean, yeah, there's things on the calendar, right? There's Roman D. But with that little guy here, we're not going to really care about it that much. You know, like that's what no. that's when we used to really rely on you, Matt. So uh, come back and tell us why we need to care about these races. But what's coming up down the corner, of course, is Tour of California. And Spencer, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even feign excitement. Yeah. For you. I'll watch the women's race. Um, so but <laughs> there's a few things. I'll watch the Giro. Like is it, the t- yeah. Tour of California, get get off the schedule. Like do, that is the Jiro's time of year. Go back to your February date. Go back to like right now. This Febu- is the week they should be having it. February is preseason time, uh, and and the reason they shouldn't have it now, like during our Dens week, is because the the stars of our Dens week are who would excel at the Tour of California. It's a one week stage race. It's just got a bunch of punchy climbs and. Uh, you know, could, if if they, Michael they Woods start it this weekend, so if the VO two max of Michael Woods, you know, gets you hot and bothered, Tour of California is your jam. Like, it's not three weeks of like waiting for the last stage, uh, like the Giro and the Tour turn out to be. Like, I don't know. Uh, ever since Maybe I ever since a- the uh, the uh, the the birth of Julian Alaphilippe to the scene uh, when he went toe-to-toe with Peter Sagan for the victory uh, day after day at Tua California a few years back. Uh, I have been a big fan of this race. Maybe one of the reasons I don't, don't like it is the, uh, 
is the coverage because it's on. I mean, I know they created Tour Tracker. I, yeah. It was the first time I ever experienced Tour Tracker, and I was like, "All right, this is pretty cool." But then I remember when it first started, I would watch on what was it, Versus or NBC Sports Network? I don't know. Maybe it was OLN. Probably. I don't. It's been around for a while, two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. is that the coverage? It had so many damn commercials all the time that then I never wanted oh, to watch yeah. it. Oh yeah, it's like, it's it's highly Americanized. It's so bad. Yeah, and and the the commercials just really. Like I can only watch so many clean bottle and racer ID commercials. Like they're great companies, like fantastic. Yeah. But man, can't they sell better advertisements? I mean, this race has been going on for 14 years. Um, I'm just a little, uh, well, I want it to do well. It's great to see, but man, put it during the Giro. And then also the Americanized version of it is so annoying. What's what another thing that I can appreciate about this race is the time slot for us Americans. So much oh, being easier on the East coast. So, so yeah, like, much easier. Yeah. But I, I used to set like my DVR to just anything that said cycling in it. I yeah. w- it would record. Right. So I would get everything from reruns of Pacific blue to, <laughs> you know, Quicksilver uh-huh. to, Oh wow. It's the coverage of tour of California. The amount of times I even watched that on my DVR when I would like come home from work or whatever were very small. I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this. No. Well, I know it's bad, but <laughs> I, 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 it started with a very bad reputation and it was, to be frank, a terrible race for. They didn't let rock racing in. Okay, least... I'll be honest. That's why I didn't <laughs> want to watch it. They, they didn't let rock racing happen. And then I was like, you know what? Rock racing brings the party. That's what I want to see in a race. Sure. They they had bad courses. They had bad it was it was built for Levi Leipheimer kind of uh, you know, thing for the first few years. And I think they've I think they've figured it out. I think they So I should give it another shot? I think that the race has gotten more intelligent along with the general population. Not not us super fans of cycling and all our listeners who are obviously super fans, but like the general population, the gen pop of, uh, of cycling fandom has gotten better educated about bike racing and they don't need this dumbed down version anymore okay. that the tour of California came out as, and it's a pretty good race. And can we look forward to another Tom Schoon's crazy dance? I, I hope so. so. Like Tom Schoon's maybe what's saving it. And then on the women's side, um, I am excited for, you know, as they're growing the women's race to make it more um, equal, hopefully across the board in the long run. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. So I'll give you this. I'm willing to give it a shot, but let me give you Spencer, the podium of the inaugural 2006 oh. tour of California. Oh no. Third place, Bobby Julik. Yeah. All right. Just, you know, just like it's tour de France in uh, just like 1998. Tour de France. Yeah. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah. Second place, Dave Zabriskie. Uh, okay. Yeah. First place, Floyd Landis. Oh. And you're like, all right, that's actually not that bad of a podium, right? 2006. Like I'm, I'm like, 2006. Hey, you won the tour that year. And Landis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. <laughs> so that's a but, huge, you know, that was obviously, you know, uh, uh, his calling card. He was calling his shot then. So then the next three editions uh-huh. were won by Levi Leipheimer. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm not defending 
the tour okay. of California as a whole. <laughs> let's, let's get rid That's of impossible. Okay. So maybe in 2010, it changed with Michael Rogers winning. You're like, all right, Michael Rogers. I kind of enjoyed that guy. He was, he was always a good time trialist, you know? And then, and then oh, who's this? You're from just playing to our Aussie corner uh, uh, now. Who wins in 2011? Chris Horner. Uh, Hero. Hero of the podcast. America's, America's favorite most popular cyclist. cyclist. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, is he still racing? Oh, he's yeah, got to be. The ghost, gonna, the ghost of Chris Horner will always be at the Tour of California. That's he's on for Team sure. Illuminate. Um, so he is registered on a continental team right now. Um, okay, so you got Chris Horner. Then you got Robert Gessink in 2012. Mm-hmm. TJ Van Garderen wins in 2013. Uh, and then I would say, so what do you think? 2013 is when it changes for the better because you got TJ to win. And then that 14, you got Wiggins. 15, Sagan. 16, Alaphilippe. George Bennett in 17, and then Egon Bernal last year. So, yeah, I mean, maybe. when when it caught my attention as a, as just a really good race, like a, 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 that they had figured out the stages and made for an exciting event, was when uh, Alaphilippe won, um, okay. or maybe the year before when Sagan won, but he was up against Alaphilippe. I forget, but. I think if we're being honest, if you push it back a little bit to uh, the TJ Van Garder and win is probably when they got it together. Okay. And speaking of Sagan, uh-huh. kind of a... Yeah, I'm wondering where you're going with this because there's been no news about Sagan whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. He, like, is, he has not been in the press. He is nowhere to be seen. Um there's, like there's not, not a very even good spring season for him. No, not even any funny tweets or anything. Like just, uh, just really lay, low key saga. It's like it's like the Grace sequel, just not as good as the first. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just a little. I mean, do you think I'm he's depressed? Little... Do you think do you think losing the world championship stripes has him down in the dumps? No, I, d- I don't think he's gotten over it because right now he's still believing he's the world champion by the size, by what his jersey looks like. <laughs> uh-huh. And we've talked about this. Like, yeah. I still can't believe the UCI has allowed this monstrosity of a national champion's jersey. It's easily confused with the world championship jersey. Well, yeah, the, 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 stripes, the stripes. The stripes on the arms are all you can see when he's riding, and those are just world champion stripes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. chest looks enough it's, like it. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I am a little curious, Spencer. I, it's. I think that he's going to come out and slay it at the tour. It's kind of like um, Dr. Dr. Dre's second album like yeah, in 2000. He's like, storing right, like it up. He, yeah, he came back and it was really hot. So I am uh, I still think Sagan, you know, he is not done by any means. But Who, this spring season isn't exactly uh, sure. the and, uh, greatest thing in the world. If, if the tour or the rest of the year is going to be Sagan's uh, 2000 album, who is his Eminem? Who's his Eminem? Yeah. Like, like, is it, st- yeah, it going to be uh, 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 Sam Bennett? Is it going to be Maximilian Shalman? Is it going to uh, be... Shalman's looking pretty good right now. Is it going to be Jurich? You know? Like, oh, who, who is going to pull him back from no, the I, doldrums? Davide Formolo, who got second at uh, Liege Best on Liege this week? It might be pretty good. I don't know. Well... All right, and then the final uh, part of the spring season that we need to talk about is friend of the podcast, Michael Matthews, looking pretty good there at Liege, Bastogne Liege. Uh-huh. Spencer, did you have a chance to see Michael Matthews race? Oh, my God. I have so much to say about him, and let me just get started with...
Abby Nikki from Rally UHC Professional Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer, we have arrived at the Prem Lap here on the Slow Ride Podcast. First, we want to give a shout out to all the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. Existing members or, or those that are looking to sign up, you can choose and um, redistribute uh, how you want to donate your, your, uh, your hard-earned uh, money and support of the Slow Ride podcast. <clears throat> uh, Roller Derby, Bike Shop CX, Cyclocross Radio, Consummate Athlete, so many great shows on the network. So uh, head on over, and uh, where, whatever you uh, decide to uh, do, it goes tr- directly to the uh, member shows of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if you're listening to more shows than you used to, if you're new to the Slow Ride but have been a donor uh, to the network in the past uh, and want to include us, um, you can do that. Uh, you can always update your sport, or you can add roller derby if that's a thing you're into now, uh, so on and so forth. Um, another way to support directly uh, the shows on Wide Angle Podium Network is to head on over to Grimper Brothers and check out the full Schleck brand of coffee or the Hello Cyclecross Friends Espresso Blend uh, because both of those things directly support the network and the shows here and they are delicious and I gotta say this morning show it's kind of a weird new thing I don't know if we'll do it again or not but uh, having some full Schleck with me kind of keeping me company here it's has, has ma- made it a little bit easier it's made yeah it's made it yeah. a lot easier i gotta say it's like having a warm friend with me uh um, oh wow yeah yeah I, I really haven't experienced that before on this show <laughs> so head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find your own warm friend and uh support uh, uh this um various uh, podcasts on the yeah. network Yep. Through your purchase of Grimper Brothers coffee, and I'd also like to. Oh, oh sorry. I was gonna say the uh, the. I'll I'll take this one, Tim. I'll take this one for the team okay. since I, uh, right. you know, I feel like you might need a little recovery from that last, uh, uh, you know, comment, uh, which I apologize for. Um, we are also supported by Health IQ. Um, health IQ is a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. You can visit healthiq.com/wap. To learn more, get a free quote, check out their FAQ page if you have questions about why you need life insurance or what exactly it is. Um, But long story short, they advocate for health-conscious people, for cyclists, for people that are taking care of themselves, and they don't think you should spend as much money uh, on things like life insurance if you are actively taking care of yourself. And... That is something we agree with here. Um, so if you want to check out their their rates um, and see what you can do, go check out the Health IQ quiz, uh, healthiq.com slash WAP. See if you can score elite on that. Save yourself some money. Upload your, your miles and on all that stuff and save even more. Um, see what they can do for you over at Health IQ. That's right. And let's, uh, let's get back to the show. This is Mitch Stocker, and you're listening to The Slow Ride Pod. All right, Spencer, we got some 
emails that came into the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. I think we should burn off a few of these. Okay. Let's uh, get right into it. First, a shout out to Robert Strickland, who went all the way to Boston, Spencer, to run the Boston Marathon. And he wanted to let us know that he was able to watch Paris Roubaix while at the Marathon Expo. Amazing. Um, now, Spencer, do you live anywhere near the course of the Boston Marathon? Uh, fairly close. We're about maybe two miles away. Yeah. Do you go watch it? I have in the past. I did not this year. Now, it's a pretty big event there, enough that they shut down the city for the day, right? Isn't it like oh, a yeah. holiday in Boston? Yeah, it's a uh, it's one of those weird kind of New England holidays where uh, nobody's ever heard of it before if you're from another part of the country, as I am. Uh, I came here, and uh, everybody was talking about Patriots Day and getting the day off from work, and I was just like, no, it's that's Monday. I don't know what you're talking about, but it is a thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any plans to ever do the Boston Marathon? You know, the first time I watched the marathon, I watched the coverage of it on, uh, on online and, um, it was such a good finish that year. I don't remember who won or anything, but, uh, there was like some, some drafting and some tactics and a couple little, uh, testing attacks and then a big, you know, all out sprint around the corner to the finishing straight. And it reminded me of a bike race in so many ways that I was like, I need to do this some year, like some year I just want to do this. And then I like ran, I don't know, like a half mile, uh, like a couple weeks later and was like, Oh man, I can't do this. Are you kidding me? I once, uh, you know, I I did the half marathon here in Orlando and you guys like really busted my chops about it. Yeah. And then I went, I was like, Oh, you know, I did a pretty good time. I was pretty, pretty thrilled with my time. And then, uh, I went to see what the Boston qualifying times were, and I was like, whoa, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then I closed the window on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. Yeah, it, right. is, it is serious business. It's a pretty legit field, and it's, I think it's pretty cool that it happens right, right here in town. Now, Spencer, we are known for our advice, so it's only natural that Ryan Crispin emails us and says, In need of advice, dear Slow Rod, mm-hmm. I am in need. I have come to a crossroads of sorts. I have been a proud owner of a 2011 Trek 520 for roughly 10 months. I acquired the bike to be my everyday commuter, mm-hmm. and she has served me well. Steel is real. I've put close to 800 miles on this bike, but recently my mind has been drifting elsewhere. I've been noticing other bikes around town, and I'm starting to feel things for these bikes that I used to feel for my 520. <laughs> All this is to say the passion just isn't there anymore between me and the 520, and I'm considering selling. I know this puts a wrench in my plans to attend the slow ride bike packing extravaganza, which will be in hopefully May of 2020. <laughs> With all this in mind, I need you guys to tell me what needs to be said to sell this bike. Uh, Important details. Fenders included. There's a thermometer top cap. Love you can pretty much see the rest in this picture. I will describe it. Bar end shifters. We have a, a brown color uh, motif, nice uh, kind of rust brown uh, frame color going to brown hood covers and kind of brown leather bar tape. Okay, yeah, classic. So Spencer, we need to sell this bike for Ryan. So how are we going to write up this Craigslist ad, ad to mm-hmm. sell this bike? Okay, so... This one, you're going to want to appeal to the millennials. Um, They classically 
are not as interested in uh, acquiring things, but this is exactly the target audience for this bike. Um, so you need to you need to get over that hurdle. You need to get them on board with this, and that's by selling them the experience. Um, you're not okay. gonna you're not gonna talk tech to them. You're not gonna say disc brakes. You're not gonna whatever. You can mention the fenders. I think that's an important part. But this bike looks good. Trek did a good job laying it out. Um, you know, it's a quality bike. We know that. You can tell from looking at it. But you wanna what you wanna do is is really immerse so, yourself in the experience. You want you wanna say, have you ever thought about bike packing? Maybe as as your lead, as the as the headline, you know, rather than Trek, blah blah blah. Like something along the lines of like escape from the um right. the urban jungle with the ultimate yep. getaway machine. Yep. Sell okay. your car, buy this bike, something like that. Because this thing can do it all. I mean, that's what this bike is. Now, I think he does definitely also need to hit on the steel is real when describing the mm-hmm. experience of riding this bike. This is an exper- experiential bike. Uh-huh. So the experience of being free, maybe link that article that was recently published in the Minneapolis Star Tribune about how bike commuters are happier yes. than than car commuters, because this is the bike. This bike will put a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Sell yeah. your car, actually, to buy this bike. Yeah, that's literally what I just said. Yeah, so this is it. <laughs> so, you got a headline? I, I think that's what you lead with, is sell sell your Versa, purchase this truck. <laughs> Wait, you think a millennial is driving a Versa? Come on. The, the millennial is driving like a Nissan Cube, and then yeah. this is what they need to buy. Probably. It's true. Anyways. But... Stop. How about this? Save money. Save the money you're spending on Uber. Buy this bike. Ah, there you go. It is the Uber of bikes. Yeah. (laughs) And now you say, get yourself to work. Get yourself to the grocery store. Get yourself out of the urban jungle on the weekends. Pack a tent. Cruise cruise out of town. Into the woods. Experience nature. uh, You know, build memories with this bike this bike so you're, you're saying trek uh you know brown these grips these brakes experience life well and then and you pepper that included. stuff in there yeah like seat roll included uh includes yeah. mem- includes fenders and memories for a lifetime ah oh, there you go sold i might even buy it myself yeah jurgen quick emails us subject line pronunciation Oh, this is going to Oh, we hate these. These are bad. (laughs) Hi, guys. Firstly, greetings from Netherlands. Love your pod and keep up the good work. Man. Dodging bullets here. This is is going a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Love you already, Jurgen. But, (laughs) and this is a big but, Uh your pronunciation of non-English names is absolutely terrible, up to a degree that I'm sometimes wondering who or what the hell you're talking about. Make an effort, please. For example... Matthew Vanderpoel. In the poll, the O-E is pronounced like the one in shoe. So it's Matthew Vanderpool. Pool. Pool. Kiwakowski is a Pole and not an American as the Big Lebowski. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he never will be. Lars Boom is pronounced with a very long oo as in bore for phone and not as the it's in the boom, 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 and so on. So that's Lars Bohm? 
Lars Bohm? Speaking of Lars, you know he was up here doing uh, a gravel race in Vermont yeah. this weekend. Yeah, we got yeah. Did I saw pictures of that gravel race. It's Rasputina? Yeah. And something it like that. Really, really muddy. It looked terrible. I know a friend of the pod, Derek Lewis, um, <laughs> wanted us to go up to it last year and we were yes. like, ah, oh, it sounds great. Man, did I see the weather report and was really happy I didn't go. Yeah, it's true. Everybody did, everybody here is always very excited about that and then it's always atrocious. So. How did Lars Bohm do at the gravel race? Do you know? I'm not sure, but he didn't win. Oh, he didn't. Do you know who won? Uh, probably Vanderpool, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Can't remember how you said Shoutman, but it was quite funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't take it too personal. We don't. You're good. Uh, <laughs> nothing on this show is taken very personal, and uh, you know I'm sure Tim will blame all of his pronunciations on the fact that he had a stroke because now he has the excuse of lifetime forever. Yeah, you know, and I was in like speech therapy class in seventh and eighth grade. Not that that's an excuse because that was over 22 years ago. But. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't have any of those excuses. I just uh, am a, a uncultured American like most of us. And uh, we do not have kind of that fine honed point on our, uh, our pedigree. So um, yeah. Uh, thanks for the tips. We'll, we'll try and work those in, but um Probably not. Well, if you uh, ever have any questions, make sure you let us know. Head on over to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. We love getting all the emails. Um, we've got great emails from uh, Michael Stone, as mentioned earlier, about uh, uh, Yorkshire. Um, we've got uh, that Brian. We alluded to it real quick. I, d- I just want to mention this, that at the end of the pod last week, on the sea otter like guide, there was uh-huh. the... When you get the sea otter guide, it tells you all the events that are happening at sea otter. The... like. Page one, page two, double-sided advertisement when you opened it up was for those, like, smart sunglasses or whatever. Like, the, oh, uh-huh. I think they're the Raptor. I don't even know what they are. The, something where it's, like, a heads-up display. The, you look yeah. like Geordi um, from <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. And in there, when I first opened it up, I was like, that guy looks familiar. And Uh-oh. then I look a little bit closer, and they're wearing a Hincapie Grand Fondo jersey. And I'm like, no. And then it was George, and we got the same exact email from Brian Hancock, where it was just like, subject line, is that you, George? As I was flipping through the pages of the most recent um, uh, Seattle Festival Guide, Sea Otter Festival Guide, much to my surprise, on the very first page of the Sea Otter Guide, I found the advertisement for Raptor sunglasses. This included images of a strong mix of the traditional wraparound look and that oh-so-crazy-now with a forward-sloping brow area of... George Hincapie. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man. Yeah, there it is. So I wasn't the only one that saw it because I laughed out loud when I saw it. I was like, come on, George, really? Heads up sunglasses? <laughs> like, you are the guy. You are the Oakley jawbone of yeah. cycling eyewear. He really is. I feel like he put those on the map, even though he is probably somebody else, you know, from yeah. Oakley. But, um, yeah, that's I don't know how I feel about that, but whatever. Well, Spencer. You hit me up with something a little bit earlier um, this week. You sent me an email to ask mm-hmm. me um, if Full Sail University was in Orlando. I did. I, I need to know about this. I need to know if you have any ins um, because I'm thinking I got a kind of an entrepreneurial uh, spirit, Tim. Okay. And I, I, I saw 
Now, I'm not going to be the first on the ground with this idea. Unfortunately, Canyon has beat me uh, to the punch here. But I'm thinking I could go bigger and better than Canyon. Um, who Canyon launched their e-racing team uh, this week, uh, a Zwift-based Canyon-sponsored racing team. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, but I've got an even better idea. Yeah. Full I'm sale right. in Orlando. As it, you're you're gonna need to fill in some of these details because I'm not I'm just I'm just the idea guy, right? I'm not the execution guy. So Full Sail has has built a huge complex or is building so, a huge complex for esports specifically, and we need to get in on this. You're on the ground there. I'm gonna build the team. How can we dominate the world in. of of online cycling? Now Full Sail is it's kind of. At first, when I moved here, I was like, oh, Full Sail, it's going to be like one of those. Uh, remember in downtown Minneapolis, like the production recording university on what North Wash? Yeah, kind of the uh, if, if you've got money and you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life and you'd like to waste some of your time and money, you can do it here. Yeah, exactly. I think it was called IPR or something. Like, yeah. Right? And then. That's like and art so you'd school. Always, yeah, exactly. Full Sail, I thought it was going to be like that. And then I went over there a couple of times. It's just in Winter Park, but they actually, <laughs> they make a ton of, like, there's a lot of jobs that come out of there. Like, if you graduate from there, you're going to get a job in, you know, usually down at the theme parks, huh. you get a job in, uh, WWE has their, like, kind of all their film people come out of there, and now they put all this money into this, like, e-gaming arena Yeah, that they've built, which is going to be the home of the slow ride podcast digital cycling team yes. that you're busy getting. Now we're going to need some sponsors to make this happen, oh. but the arena is here. Like we, we should challenge team Canyon to come to our turf mm-hmm. to uh, take us on at <laughs> here in Orlando. I don't, I don't know how, uh, how much sponsorship we really need. I mean, we just need a kit, right? Like that's about we need it. A digital kit, right? Like we need to find a way oh. to get Zwift to put it on. We do. That's where I'm a little um, curious as to what the end game is here for Canyon, because while how awesome it is that they have a digital racing team, how are you going to know that someone isn't lined up with a Pinarello on their trainer if it's just an avatar, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I have seen some of these racers that do the e-racing, and they have quite the setup with multiple cameras and heart rate straps and all right. that. right you know, excitement, but yeah, a lot of on screen graphics, a lot of, uh, a lot of immersive technology. Um, and like you said, a lot of, a uh, lot of camera angles so we can see them suffering, uh, you know, head on and from the side and all that. So I'm thinking product placement. I'm thinking our team is not maybe, let's be honest, probably not going to compete on results as much as we are. Uh, we're going to win the marketing game. So I'm thinking, What's that? Uh, what's that Red Bull can in the background? Oh, that's product placement. You know, oh, what's, like what's, that's what you're thinking. I, yeah, I was thinking more about the fact that we should be the ones that are on Zwift during the races. That like we get dropped from uh-huh. the race, but we just wait for them to come back around for the second lap, <laughs> and then we jump yeah. back in. 
Oh, and yeah. And we just claim that there is a glitch. Well, it's, I mean, it's not that different than uh, real racing and crits and stuff. So yeah. I think I think we'd have a, a, a leg up there. But no, I'm thinking product placements, Tim. I'm thinking uh, sponsorships. You know, you, you want your, your poster on the wall in the background from your brand or your uh, team uh, or just your face. I don't care. Like, I, everything is for sale here. Um, so the water ooh. bottles are for sale. You know, I, w- I, will, I will market anything. It's like space balls, the toilet paper, you know, like... Oh. Um, we, but also go ahead. I think that, I think there's an in for us here in the cycling world as the first digital racing commentary team. Oh God. People would really love our pronunciations. Oh, I think we could crush it though, because let, I got to give it up to Canyon, right? Like, okay, let me give you an example of what I would say in some digital commentary. Okay. I'm right, ready. so so everyone's there racing, and the canyon the canyon folks show up from their e racing team. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say, you know, canyon support is really out of the box thinking. Oh, what do you think? Good. I like that. Yeah. Can you See? bring that heat week after week though? I think I could. I okay. I could probably come up with quite a you know. <laughs> wow. I hope that they got their torque specs right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Oh yeah, I could so, totally bring it. Here's the thing: in in digital racing, do you think they're gonna show up like all in up in a bunch? Like, are they gonna look I'm curious l- about like, like? Do they have a team car? Yeah, are they gonna be like the Italian team in Breaking Way, and they're gonna just be all together, like you know, let's just like sticking pumps in people's spokes, like when they need to digitally, of course. I don't know. Do you think that they there's got to be a, there's a wave button on Zwift, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So like, do they are they pressing that? Do they have an assistant that presses it for them? I should hope so. I mean, you should always wave at all your fellow cyclists, even if even in the digital world. Um, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know, so I mean, my big thing on Zwift is every time I do a workout, uh, there's a button you can hit where your guy says nice. And uh, I try to do that at six point nine miles into each ride. Um, sometimes I forget, <laughs> but yeah, nice. it's I think I'm the only one who gets it. Yeah, it's good. Well, Spencer. I think we do have a future as a digital sports commentary team. Oh, well, Spencer, once again, we absolutely slayed it. We're looking forward <laughs> to upcoming weeks of the Slow Ride Podcast where we have many special guests to join us as we talk about the world of professional e-cycling, downhill racing, road mm-hmm. racing. Mm-hmm. Join <sighs> us along the way. And with that, I'd like to thank Health IQ for their continued support. Find out how to save some money on your life insurance. By being a healthy individual, head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP. We'd also like to thank Grimper Brothers for their continued support. You can get the full Schleck blend or Hello Cyclocross espresso blend over at wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. Mm-hmm. And all of the continuing support from our members and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network, head on over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road or the digital road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. 